Hey everyone, welcome into the Marketer's Best Friend. We're back for another episode. I'm your host, Cameron Warren, and this week we're talking to Jeff Colomore. Jeff is a marketing operations expert. He comes to us from having worked at marketing ops at, at many different companies, including Domo, Workfront, Wistic, Hopin, and is just about to start a new role running marketing operations at Coalition. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you. Excited to be here. Well, Jeff, we're excited to have you. Thank you so much for taking your time. Uh, listeners are not going to know this because this will be an edited episode, but we spent a lot of time trying to get this one working. <laughs> so Jeff, thank you for your patience on that. Um, this is tough stuff. And so we, we appreciate you taking time out of your, your busy schedule to come and, and talk about marketing ops um, and talk about you know marketing tech and, and all things around that. I think we'll start off and, and just ask, this is a question I would kind of like to ask everybody who comes on the show, you know, looking back over your career, you've worked at, you know, so many companies doing marketing operations from where you are now to where you started, what would be kind of the top three pieces, pieces of advice that you would give, you know, your person at the very beginning? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think the first one would be to, um, to not underestimate the, uh, let's call it the broad potential that exists for someone in a marketing operations role. Uh, I, I grew into marketing operations. I started out initially um, sending emails through a market automation tool and then gradually took on more and more responsibility for administering the tool and then the integrations. And And I think for, um, for a while that was kind of my world and my mindset. And I wish that I would have opened my eyes earlier to the, the more broad impact that ops can have outside of uh, just what you could call market automation, which is significant, but there's there's a lot of other things going on as well. Um, I think another one would be um, don't sweat the the mistakes or the, the learning opportunities. Um, I, I posted on LinkedIn about this a little while ago, but uh, one of the classic things that almost everybody has done, and if you haven't, then you're, you probably can't call yourself a true market operations professional, is send a, an email to the wrong people or send an email with a broken link or the, the name personalization not working or whatever it is. And, you know, that that can really ruin your day. But if you think about it um, and follow the metrics down the the email open click funnel hole, you know, there, there's not really maybe five or six people, maybe 20 people saw your mistake most of them just chuckled about it. You know, if somebody gets offended, you know, that it's not really, really on you. So don't, don't sweat the mistakes because if you, if you're doing everything you can to avoid a mistake and you make a mistake, then you're learning, you're learning from it, which I think is a, a positive thing. And then the last one would be, um, just in, enjoy the ride. There's a lot of really cool things that are taking place. There's, there's cool tech, there's cool processes. And if you are, if you're having fun, if you're enjoying what you're doing and you're looking for ways to, push the envelope a little bit and not just kind of clock in, clock out and, and get the, the basic t requirements of the, the job done. Then I think not only will you enjoy what you're doing more, but you'll also have your eyes open to other opportunities and ways that you can contribute. I love that. No, I think that's great advice. You know, people marketing ops, we've talked to so many different people now and I, and just, we just talked obviously outside of the podcast as well. And this role encompasses so many different things. I mean, everybody at every company is doing something different when it comes to, to this type of position. And then obviously people also doing this function in some way or form with a different role. I think there's marketing may have more roles than any other job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, getting into the nitty gritty of that, 
of that question, I think one of the big topics that's come to light and something that, you know, we talk about a lot at, at data join, which is, I mean, one of those problems that we're trying to solve is this integration problem, the integration between marketing tools. There's so many different tools in the MarTech stack. You know, a lot of them don't speak to each other very well. A lot of them don't have out of the box connectors. So Scott Brinker, you may you know, know who he is, talks a lot about marketing tech. He posted kind of the top issue with marketing technology is the issue of integrations that tools don't integrate. Jeff, can you give me your perspective on integration? Like what are the top issues or concerns for you when you think about that problem? Kind of what are the top, you know, couple things that come to mind and what, what have you seen are good solutions for those? Yeah, it's a really interesting question because I think um, as as companies recognize the value of selling to marketers and the the budgets that's there that are there and also the the appetite for testing and trying new things you know that's it's a, an ever expanding market and i think that they everybody puts their unique twist on what they offer and they want to be the the such and such platform the content marketing platform right. or the execution platform um and from a like a company longevity perspective and a revenue generation perspective that probably ends up making sense but as you're assembling a tech stack that doesn't make sense at all you you want to unify or streamline or um, cut down as much as possible. Mm. And I, I, a lot of these platforms um, or, or tools that want to be platforms, they they integrate really for the sake of pulling data in to make it more usable within their ecosystem. And they don't necessarily do a great job of pushing it back out to other the tools. The walled gardens. Everyone wants their yeah. own walled garden because then they can, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Which is, again, for the, the company itself, a, a you know, great way to go. Obviously, Apple's proved that that's that ecosystem absolutely works to the tune of right. billions and billions and billions of dollars. Um, so I, I think it's balancing um, those different platforms, those different tools, and trying to bring your own philosophy, educated by the needs of your team and your business, to the table, and make sure that that is the the approach that you're using with these integrations. Um, I, it could influence, it definitely could influence tool selection, but I think it even more influences tool usage, mm. um, and making sure that even though you may have two tools that could report on a certain metric, you're using this one because it has a more complete picture because it's pulling in data perhaps from, from different sources. So I think the, the challenge is landing on a specific tool and deciding what you're going to use it for and what you are intentionally not going to do or utilize within the tool. I think the other challenge, which is just a technical one, is if if the tools don't integrate well or if it's a very one-sided or or limited integration, it's um, outside of using a no-code solution, which I think in many ways is a viable option. If there isn't one that really exists, it's the technical knowledge and the aptitude to go through and plug two systems in together and make sure that that works. Right. Even with a growing number of, of folks ending up in ops roles, the number coming from really technical backgrounds with the skills to make that happen, I, I think overall is still pretty small. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, integrations is, um, you know, one of the things that we've run into is uh, talking to different marketers out there is that there are, there's that, it's hard to figure out who on a marketing team. I mean, we originally thought like, oh, okay, you go to ops. And when you talk to ops people, like they're going to be pretty technical. But like I you know, was saying before, it just varies totally across the board. So, you know, you mentioned like different strategies that companies are taking. We were initially trying to kind of go after 
and talk to people that were in marketing ops and say, Hey, how can we help you guys and make your lives easy? And then they're saying, well, actually like our data analytics team actually handles all that stuff. Um, and so it's this, it's really like parceled out and split up and it's, it's really fragmented. So it's hard to kind of lock it down. Jeff, in your mind, you know, when you think about let's let, let's go into maybe some use cases. So when you talk about integration, like having strong integrations, what are like the top two or top three? Here's the va- here's the existential value you're going to get out of having your tech really firmly integrated and working well together. Yeah, I think I think the biggest one is um, if if you use the data correctly, you really should see impacts all the way through the funnel. Okay. You know, companies talk a lot about these huge target markets and how many billions of dollars are available with with all sorts of different use cases and everything. But at the end of the day, the the people who are going to be the happiest with your tool and renew the most and spend the most money with you are the people that really feel that pain point and have that that issue. And so if you can use data about the individual, about the persona and about the company throughout the sales process, then I think you'll be you'll see those those benefits in the long run. So that could go from personalizing messaging on a website after an ad click. It could go to email personalization. Um, it could help identify specific use cases so that when your SDR or your AE are on a phone call having a, a qualification conversation or a, a product demo, you're pitching directly to them and to the issues and the needs that you know that they have rather than just kind of saying, here's everything my product does and just doing a feature dump essentially and hoping that they see Gotcha. A few things that, that provide value for them. So I, I think the benefit is being really tightly aligned because there are so many handoffs now between not only people, the people handoffs, you know, the marketing team to the SDR to the AE, but also uh, tool handoffs as well. So making sure that the data that's available in your market automation tool also lives in Salesforce, also lives in your sales acceleration, your outreach or your sales loft or whatever it is. Um, to the the end goal of always being able to have a cohesive conversation with someone. So no matter who is talking to the prospect or the customer, the customer always that that individual always feels like they're talking to the same company. That's a really incredible dream that you're presenting. <laughs> yep. Dream being the keyword. Yes. Uh, no, I mean I. You know, it's funny. I was talking to John about this on our first episode even from the analytics side of the coin, I kind of grew up, grew up, quote unquote. I'm, I turned 34 today, so I'm feeling really old. Um, Happy birthday. That's awesome. Yeah, so it, we, we were talking about how, you know, for the last decade plus, every single vendor gets on the stage or, you know, puts out their blog post or puts out their videos and it's they paint the picture of this ultimate dream of like, you know, customer activation and all the data is synergized and integrated like across everything. And it's all, and it's that walled garden ecosystem, right? Like I'll just say it. Adobe is one that comes to mind. Like they, they've been harping on this dream forever, you know, but one of the, one of the, I mean, I could tell you firsthand, you know, Adobe bought Marketo and they don't even have a native integration out of the box for Marketo and Adobe analytics. I mean, that's just one, one example. So yeah. How do you divide that line? You know, as as a, I mean, you obviously understand what you want to get to, and you understand the value of that future state. Future state being in quotes. Um, how have you? You know, what's the best ways that you found to get either close to that or to work towards that, or maybe what sacrifices have you made 
you know, trying to figure out that question, like that problem to try and achieve what you just talked about? Yeah, it, it's, um, I'll, I'll start with a disclaimer that I never have achieved it. <laughs> and so that's, you I, know what? Not, I think we need to talk about that more because I think a lot of people talk about, but I love, I love it. So yeah, thank you for saying yeah, that. Yeah. I am not speaking necessarily from a position of experience and that I've, I've built this, but as I've thought a lot about it, worked with teams on it and, and made various attempts at, at parts of it, I think, um, it really comes down to, and this is, it's, it's nuanced for each organization, but it comes down to understanding really where your, your point of diminishing returns from that data lives and is because could you sync every single product data point into a data warehouse and then into Salesforce or straight into Salesforce? Could you sync everything that happens in Marketo into Salesforce? You, you could, it would take a little bit of while, you know, a little while you'd have to figure it out. Some things would be easier than others, but at what point, you know, there's, there's kind of two areas where you have the diminishing returns. One is, does your team have the capability to mm-hmm. on that data? If, if you send in the fact that customer A is logged into your tool 500 times in the last two weeks, does your, does your um, growth team or your market automation team or whoever, do they have the bandwidth to actually go grab those people, put them in an audience and say, okay, now we're going to actually target these people. And then the, the direct relation to that, which is what are, what are you going to say to them? If you can go identify the audience and right. you can go a, a nurture sequence, are you going to say, wow, it looks like you've logged in 500 times. Great job. <laughs> you know, like that's cool. It's cool to recognize that. And I think you start to get a little bit of traction there, but then do you have the bandwidth and the resources and the knowledge to go through and test that? Like, are you going to say, okay, are these are power users or are these people who, you know, they're not decision makers, they're the end user. Well, there's a whole process of kind of working through that. So I, I think, Rather than taking everything you can sync over and say, yes, I want all of this, it's identifying your team, your resources, and and what you have the ability to act on, and then to start testing and learning through that approach. And I think that allows you to, A, actually have tactical success or tactical learnings at least, but then B, start to build a case for more resources, more tools, more teams, more, more budget to say, when we pull a product data point into our go-to-market systems and we really break it down and analyze it and understand how to talk to those people and what's relevant to them and it, it um, increases velocity through the funnel, let's go find more of those data points. You know That, that speaks to C-level executives because you're talking about the bottom line. So that's where I would start. Um, you know, I wouldn't just be like, select all, sync them over, let's, right. let's get all the data in there for the sake of integration. Um, but it, it, it requires a lot of thought and planning and experimentation. And you'll probably sync things over and think you've got it figured out and then discover two months later that that doesn't work. And so you could unsync it and pull the data out and go get something else. So I, I think it's a lot of a lot of learning. And I don't think there's a one size fits all approach where a company could just right. go get in and turn it on. Yeah, it's uh, super complex. I mean, so many different people that you have to work with, so many different departments, you know, engineering, marketing, different roles within marketing, and then like the marketing ops person trying to be the juggler and like mm-hmm. juggle all those pieces together. Super duper challenging. You mentioned something I think is important and we bring this up a lot, but I just, you know, I'd love to hear your perspective on it. So marketing impact, like measuring impact is still still number one. I mean, most, most marketers I too, that's still number one, right? So it's attribution, obviously, we won't be the dead horse it's not a silver bullet. I think we've said that a hundred times on the show. Um, but I think people are starting to figure that out. I think people like Chris Walker have done a good job about evangelizing that 
that voice like out on social media and stuff. And so that's, that's a good thing because we see it and we use it as a signal. Jeff, as you look at your past roles, where have you been successful? Where have you found success in demonstrating marketing impacts like to C-level executives, to, you know, marketing owner, mar- like, you know, marketing level leaders, uh, or even beyond that, like what's, what's been the best ways or methods that you found to measure impact? Because this is, can be really tough in marketing when marketing teams are doing a lot of different things that don't necessarily all tie directly back to, you know, an exact deal or an exact, you know, even though that's sort of the dream, it's not always a reality and it probably shouldn't always be the reality. What's, what's your approach to that? How do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you called out Chris Walker. I think his perspective is so interesting in a world where you can not to make this sound like a movie trailer (laughs) in a world (laughs) where you can track more and more things. Ironically, it may to a certain degree make sense, sense to track and report on fewer and fewer things. Right. Um, but I, I do think there's a, a lie, you know, a balance that can be struck. Um, obviously, agreement between uh, sales and marketing at the highest levels on marketing's contribution or marketing's API or success metric, I think is critical. Um, whether you're you're still starting with something like an MQL or if you're looking at qualified opportunities or pipeline generated or you know even revenue close one, um, understanding. And making sure that all the way up from your your C level or your VP level all the way through the entire team that that everybody knows that that's what marketing is driving for and that's the objective, I think is really helpful. And uh, along with that, partnered with that, there are other marketing activities that indirectly contribute to that. And I have found that tracking and reporting on them and being very clear and specific and saying we understand that there is not a a causal relationship between mm-hmm. I'll pick a really bad example, trade show attendees sure, and yeah. qualified opportunities, but it demonstrates competency. I think on the marketing side to mm. at least like, we know our stuff, we know what's going on. We know how many people came to this trade show. We know how many of them were booth scans, how many of them were demos, how many of them met with our executive team, what that, whatever the different activities are. And then you can start to to have that conversation and work through, okay, let's actually get to where we can tie this through to this key API or metric or, or whatever we're associated to. And, and not focusing on that, not spending, you know, if you're on a forecast or a pipeline call with, with sales leadership, don't spend 45 minutes talking about how great the trade show was. Talk about your, your pipeline contributions, but then in the end say, just so you know, we've been really busy. There's a lot of other things going on. Here are some cool call-outs or metrics from from these different activities. And we're working gotcha. to help connect those dots there because sometimes you may not be contributing to pipeline. You may not have those, those success right. metrics. And so that's when it's helpful to say, just so you're aware, we are also tracking all of these other things and we're getting better at better at, at understanding them so that A, we can talk about their actual conversion to pipeline and B, how to influence or impact that conversion rate. Wise words, Jeff. I think incredible value here. Um, yeah, I mean, one thing I've learned being more deeply involved in the marketing side, like as part of a small startup, is that I think we want there we want there to be that one thing that just creates all the value. You know, even even I mean, we mentioned Chris Walker. You might as well say it again. He like he talks about like ninety percent of our pipeline came from the podcast. You're like, yes, we just need that one. So, but the thing is, I think for ninety nine percent of companies, like 
it's just one piece, you know, it's one piece across so many different pieces. You have to try so many different things, so much more frustrating than I think, you know, it gets presented sometimes. It's like, if you just, this one thing made all the difference, but getting to that one thing I think is, is, uh, you know, it's a mix of trying so many different things, like you said, but the one insight that you brought up that I think is really key is that even though, you know, you weren't necessarily expecting there to be this incredible value, you made the effort to kind of track and demonstrate, you know, okay, this is this thing that we're doing. And just so you know, like we're trying it and we're tracking it and we're going to kind of just see what happens. I think that alone, like that conversation alone can provide huge value to leadership because they can see that like, you know, you're experimenting and that you're just going to see like, if it works, then you're going to keep going if it doesn't work. But just having that conversation at all and being to have those conversations, you know, at the top, top level, I think is critical. And, you know, I see with leadership kind of trying to figure out, okay, what's all the stuff that's, that's going on? Like, what are we trying? And as you show that tapestry of kind of different things, I think that's, that's, that's the most important of kind of showing that Jeff, let's, uh, I mean, you're going into a new role very, very soon. You know, as you look at, you look at this new company you're going to start at and you don't have to give specifics, but just talking generally, what are going to be kind of your top three priorities coming into this role? Top things that you're going to look at? How are you going to start? You know, what are some of the strategies you're going to use to try and provide the most value you can from day one? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great question. I think, um, without a doubt, my, my first priority will be people understanding the players, understanding, uh, who the stakeholders are, what's important to them, where do they feel like things are going well? Maybe more importantly, where do they feel like things aren't going well? Um, you, you learn a lot. You know, you you go through an interview process, you have conversations with people and they say, here's some key projects just for your first 30, 60, 90 days, or here's some things that we're expecting. And you absolutely take those and store them and, and work on those and prioritize them. But you can get a very interesting breadth of perspectives as you talk to uh, peers, as you talk to stakeholders that weren't included in those initial conversations and start to paint kind of a bigger picture, not only of the work that needs to be done, but the perception of market operations in general, which mm. I found to be a um, potentially under, under resourced area for a lot of marketing operations professionals is yeah. marketing, marketing operations and making sure that you have a, you're perceived as a forward-thinking, innovative, strategic partner rather than this team that sits over in the corner and just fulfills our requests and doesn't do it fast enough. Right. Um, so understanding those two things from a people perspective, I think is key. It's been pretty common for me now when I start a new role to spend the first couple of weeks just trying to get on everybody's calendar, even if it's just 15 minutes to say, hey, what's top of mind for you for marketing operations? What can I help with? Where do you feel like things are working, aren't working? And then just tell me about your perception of the team in general, how have things gone to date? Um, second is probably the state of the tech stack. And that's not necessarily to, um, you know, assume that there are huge problems that need to be issued or need to be, um, huge issues that need to be tracked down or, or tools that need to be purchased, but just to understand even really little things like when do our contracts expire? What, what packages or tiers or levels are we on with these different tools? Um, and then the third one would just be our, kind of team cadence and and work intake process. How are people sending us work today? How are we able to track that and report on it? Can we provide visibility to our stakeholders and help them understand the trade-offs that we're making as we try to prioritize and juggle the different requests that are coming in? 
And are we managing our work in such a way that we have time to drive some of our own tasks and priorities and projects as well? That's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <It> <laughs> yep. Marketing. I said it, I, I made this LinkedIn post after I talked to John. I was like, man, these marketing ops guys, like they got a lot on their plate. You guys got yeah. like the technical side, but then you also have like the political side. You can't, you can't just be the technical user who sits kind of in the dark room, like smashing problems in a queue all day. You got to go out in the organization and talk to people and like create relationships. And that's a tough, tough battle. Um, uh, you know, thinking about, thinking about kind of the different, we'll just ask like a, a last couple of questions here and then we're coming up on time. Analytics and data, you know, we, we talked a little bit about data activation. We talked about kind of measuring marketing impact. Marketing operations seems to be integral to that conversation. And I've seen it done differently at different places, right? I've seen kind of a marketing analytics role who kind of sits there and kind of orchestrates that whole conversation. I've seen where marketing ops kind of takes takes that on. When you, as you look out and you look at kind of analytics and data, what do you feel like is the best path or best setup for companies trying to like maximize, you know, measuring marketing impact, executing on data activation? Is there kind of a best practice or like recommendation that you would make st- thing that you've seen successful when it just comes to handling data? Because that whole conversation around, okay, do we have the data inputs that we need? Are we taking advantage of you know, of the different, uh, you know, tables we have in our database that reflect different attributes about our customer. Do we have the data integrated? There's all those conversations that seem to encompass a lot of different roles. Is there something you can recommend or thoughts that you have around, like maybe the best way that you think that that should get done? Yeah, I I think, um, uh, on the analytics side itself, uh, there's a million different structures I've worked where you have a single unified BI team. I've worked where you have an analyst essentially embedded on the marketing team. Um, and then every kind of variation in between. And I, I think w- what it boils down to is as long as there is somebody whose main responsibility is marketing, yeah. whether they're embedded or they're on the, B- the BI team, you can usually, you can usually get done what you, you need to have done. You if you're there. one team of seven that's being supported by an analyst, then maybe try and get an analyst on your team, maybe try and, and advocate for another analyst on the BI team dedicated to marketing. Gotcha. But the crossover to activation, I think is really interesting. I, I think a marketing analyst would be totally capable of fulfilling that role, but I, I do feel like someone who has been in somewhat of a marketing, a um, demand or field or, um, even product marketing role prior and has been in those shoes and kind of understands some of the tactics. Yep. We have a leg up on some of those activation things. And so I, I tend to, if I have to pick between an analyst doing that and ops doing that, I'll, I'll probably default to ops because right. the, the analysts that I've worked with in the past have been brilliant, very smart, have done so many things that I'm technically and <laughs> probably mentally not capable of piecing together. Sure. But um, have have not had a ton of experience when it comes to saying like, all right, I I see this data point. This is interesting. This is significant. Let's do something with it. I don't really know what to do. Like, I don't really know if we should go run an ad Mm. campaign. I don't know if we should put them in market automation. Gotcha. It's a skill that's totally teachable. It's trainable. I think that's a huge value add that an um, an analytics team could bring from a true analytical perspective. 
but I've, I guess personally, I've had better luck when it's been an ops team or ops in partnership with the man gen or with growth or, or whichever team is responsible for it. Say like, cool, we've got this data point. We pulled three or four interesting things out. Let's go test and experiment and, and run some campaigns against this to see what we can learn. Yeah. You need a generalist in there, right, mm-hmm. Jeff? I think you read, mm-hmm. I think this is uh this is one of the problems I think I I've seen them throughout my career, even in day, I've been entrenched in really deep, deeply technical data teams. And, you know, the more technical you get, uh, you know, especially in, in corporate structures, you lose a lot of that general capability because how do you advance your career? Well, you get more technical, you get deeper, not yeah. wider. And you really need like those people kind of like yourself who are wide enough where you understand, you know, you understand the strategic value but then you also know just, you know, you know enough to be able to kind of actually take action on that. So another, you know, point I think for marketing ops is one of those sort of rare, I think fields where it's not necessarily kind of at the top of the food chain, but it's one of those like generalist roles, maybe down like at the middle that covers across like a whole bunch of different avenues, strategy, marketing strategy, marketing execution, data activation, you know, technology, working with all those things. So Again, a tough thing to balance, but, uh, you know, super useful. So, so, uh, people like yourself who are kind of learning and trying to reach across these things, I think is fantastic and going to provide huge value to organizations. Um, so if you're listening and thinking about, you know, ways that you can provide even more value, I think dipping your toe in these other things is going to help, I think, make a lot of gains. Jeff, last question. And then we'll, we'll close it up for today for this show. Um, you do a lot of posting on LinkedIn. I love kind of the value that you're putting out. What are like kind of your maybe top one or two posts and the insights that you shared that maybe you didn't expect to do as well as they did, you know, or insights, maybe you could just share those with us. And then, I mean, I recommend you come, you go follow Jeff on, on LinkedIn, but yeah, I love the stuff that you're putting out. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it. I, I, um, started that whole process as an experiment and I'm, I'm, pleasantly surprised to find that there are things that are resonating with people. <laughs> um, a couple of those, are, there was a post I made probably a month or a month and a half ago at this point, And it was um, trying to highlight the fact that a lot of marketing operations, hiring managers, when they look at candidates, they're really prioritizing a lot of technical skills, experience with tools and certifications. And those are valuable. Those demonstrate uh, competence with very specific technologies. And that usually lends itself to understanding an overall, um, go to market approach. But I, I commented that perhaps they may be interviewing there. They should be interviewing more for problem solving skills, mm. people, skills, the nice. ability to really unpack a technical issue and be able to not only understand it, but then turn around and explain it to different stakeholders because technical skills especially in a professional setting are a lot easier to teach than those soft skills, right? You can teach somebody soft skills, but you, it's, it's going to take more work. It's going to take a different approach. It's going to take more time. Whereas if you have somebody that comes in and they already have a lot of those soft skills, you can get somebody up to speed at Marketo in, in a quarter, really. Right. That's not to take away anything from the people who have spent an, an entire career doing it. But if that's your focus, if they're spending 40 hours a week getting to know Marketo or Salesforce or whatever it is, they can get to a proficient level much quick, much, much faster. Um, that one really resonated with, with quite a few people. And, and I was happy to see that. Hopefully that yeah. 
that, that small uh, drop of of thought process in my mind influences some small marketing operations hiring process moving forward. I, th- yeah. I think, um, and then other other posts I've had have, have just kind of centered around, and this is a, a whole nother conversation, so we won't dive into it, but centered around sure. how there is a, a real lack of market operations talent, or you could call it the marketing operations professional pipeline. Yeah. Um, especially at a junior level, a lot of people fall into this role or grow into it. Like I did, people aren't graduating from school saying, yeah, I got my degree in business and I'm going into market operations and it's going right. to be awesome. It's, I, I didn't even know market operations existed and was a thing until I'd probably been doing it for a couple of years. And then somebody said, oh yeah, you're in marketing operations. And I, kind of sat back and oh yeah 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 i guess you're right i'm not just sending emails anymore um so i i would love to try and advocate for and and participate in and contribute to an increase in in getting great people into marketing revenue sales customer success operations i think there's always going to be a huge need there and i think as more there's more um great people in those roles, it will help companies realize the true impact that that well-staffed, well-resourced team can have on their, their business and, and will hopefully benefit everybody. So those have been some of the kind of insights and takeaways that I've had, but I'm, I'm absolutely still experimenting and learning on what works and what doesn't and posting on the platform, but would love to connect with anybody who's interested. That's awesome. Yeah. Great. Fantastic insights from from Jeff. Yep, go follow him on LinkedIn. Jeff, we appreciate your time. Uh, your time is precious, and and uh, we're super grateful for it on on the show. This has been another episode of the Marketer's Best Friend. Every week, we're talking to people like Jeff, marketing experts, marketing technologists, uh, marketing strategists. You know, that can help provide insights and value to everyone who listens. They can go next day and kind of take those and help them advance their careers, improve their marketing teams. We're grateful for everyone who comes on the show, especially Jeff. Thanks, thanks again so much for coming. We appreciate all of you listening, and have a great day.